Well, it's time to wrap up my little trilogy about the LGBT figures who stood near the foundations of the big three Western religions by talking about one obscure figure. So obscure, in fact, that I'm not even exactly sure what his name is. It's transliterated into English from Arabic as either Hit or Haith. The problem is, I couldn't find any primary sources and only two secondary sources in English about him. Jim Wafter's essay, Muhammad and Male Homosexuality, which was published in the essay collection Islamic Homosexualities, and Scott Siraj Alhaq Kugel's Homosexuality in Islam. And, well, I can't read Arabic at all. But first, let me touch on the not at all controversial and complex issue of Islam and queer desire. The bottom line is there's nothing in the Islamic holy book the Quran that unambiguously condemns same-sex love. What usually gets cited by conservatives against homosexuality is the Quran's own account of the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. But, like the version from the Jewish book of Genesis, the moral of the tale is simply easier to read as being about inhospitality, greed, and rape. So that's it, right? Unfortunately, like with pretty much any ancient religion, it's never that straightforward. In Islam, there's also these traditions called Hadiths, and that's where things get pretty tricky. Hadiths are said to be records of what the Prophet Muhammad said. They're not on the same level as the Quran, but since the Prophet was believed to have been inspired by God, the Hadiths presumably also reflect divine opinion. The problem comes from the fact that while the Quran is believed to have been recited by the Prophet and written down over the course of his life, although not compiled until after his death, Hadiths are, at best, second-hand accounts from people who knew the Prophet, or, at worst, they're outright fabrications, something even medieval Islamic scholars admit. To put it in nerd terms, Hadiths are the Big Finish audios compared to the televised Doctor Who series. Some of them might be canonical, but it's probably not a good idea to make it all canon. To deal with their own canon problems, Islamic scholars in the Middle Ages developed sophisticated historiographical techniques to test the authenticity of any given hadith. The influential 10th century Spanish scholar and jurist, Ibn Hazm, even argued that out of the hundreds of hadiths that existed by his own time, only 78 could be proven to be authentic by tracing them all the way back to the Prophet's own time. As skeptical as some medieval Islamic scholars were, unfortunately, the Hadiths still provide modern Muslim jurists plenty of basis for condemning homosexuality. One especially colorful Hadith, courted by the 13th century Iraqi scholar Ibn al-Jazi, claims the Prophet said, Whenever a man mounts another man, the throne of God trembles, the angels look on in loathing and say, Lord, why do you not command the earth to punish them and the heavens to rain stones on them? Despite that, medieval Islamic legal scholars who generally accepted that Hadiths could be used as the basis for laws disagreed greatly on how the Prophet thought sodomy should be punished, or indeed if it should be punished at all. There is one Hadith in particular that passes even Ibn Hazim's test, 
That suggests Muhammad not only didn't call for sodomites to be stoned, but was actually friends with a Makanath, an ancient Arabic word describing a man who was gay and, or possibly, in our terms, genderqueer or transgender. It didn't end well, but that's because the Makanath might have been faking. Nope, really. Let's start from the beginning. Muhammad had a Makana friend whose wit amused him. Hit or haste, let's go with hit. Even though Muhammad, as per Arabic custom and his own instructions from God, kept his wives segregated from men when they were at home, he let Hit hang out with them. According to a hadith attributed to one of Muhammad's wives, Aisha, Hit was considered one of those lacking interest in women. This is a term that even shows up in the Quran when it lists categories of men who can spend time freely among women, along with relatives and prepubescent children. The original story comes in three different versions, all collected by the Persian scholar Muhammad al-Bakari in the 9th century, and attributed to Aisha, another wife of the Prophet named Umm Salama, and one of the Prophet's followers, Ibn Abbas. The accounts differ on the level of detail, but they all share the same plot points. One day, Hit joked to the Prophet's brother-in-law, Abdullah, that if the Muslims captured an enemy town tomorrow, he should go after Galen's daughter, for, in his words, she comes forward with four and goes away with eight. Apparently, it was a reference to how Galen's daughter's belly fat made it look like she had four bellies when she walked towards you, but it looked like eight when she walked away. Apparently either Abdullah or Hit was a chub chaser. In any case, the prophet overheard. He blurted out, Oh ho, I think this one knows what goes on here, and banned Hit from his wife's presence. It's a pretty weird story, and even medieval commentators didn't know what to make of it. As Scott Kugel found, later compilers of Hadith slowly made the story more comprehensible by trying to claim that Hit was not only exiled from the Prophet's home, but from Mecca entirely. The story kept changing until altogether it was seen as the Prophet ordering that all Mukhanas be driven out of all homes. However, al-Bukhari thought it passed the sniff test and really did calm down from Muhammad's wives and one of his apostles. And honestly, I'm inclined to think the story is at least mostly true, given that no scholar could really explain the whole thing, especially why the Prophet kicked out Hit. Was it just because the Prophet didn't like that Hit was using his insider position to talk about how hot women were? Or did Muhammad's comments about, I know what's going on here, mean he thought it was proof that Hit was faking? In other words, was Hit pulling a Sri's company on the founder of one of the world's most influential religions? And some people wonder why I love history so much.